Euzu billahi mineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi rabbil alamin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmaîn. Allahumme allimna ma yanfa'una ve anfa'ana bima 'allamtana ve zidna ilman nafi'a. Allahumme arinal hakka hakkan varzukna ittiba'a ve arinal batıla batılan varzukna ectinaba. Rabbi şrahli sadri ve yassirli amri vahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bediüzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. In this episode, inshallah, we will continue reading the 14th word. We finished the main part of this word and we are now uh, reading the sections that appear to have been added to it later on in different occasions because of the relevance of their content. As a reminder, a rough translation of this text that we will be reading and reflecting upon is posted uh, at this website. Again, www.reflections-rn.org. So the uh, section we will read today is called Khatima. The concluding remark. It is a remark that Ustad Nursi has added to the end of the 14th word, the first section of the 14th word. Bismillah. Gafil kafaya bir tokmak ve bir ders ibrettir. This is a club descending on the heedless head and a moral lesson. <laughs> now, of course, this is a harsh language. Uh, Ustad Nursi is known to be a very compassionate person. You know, when he sees, let's say, the, the leaves of uh, trees and drying, becoming brown and shriveling and falling in the fall, he is filled with the, a sense of compassion for these trees and he starts, uh, you know, crying. Uh, as we saw earlier, when he sees young girls, uh, young women uh, playing, dancing at a schoolyard, uh, in a state that cannot be considered to be modest by the standards of the, the Sharia. And then he thinks of, you know, what will happen to them in, let's say, 50 years, how they will, many of them will uh, die and will be tormented in the grave because of their sins that they are committing right now or right then. And some of them will be in their perhaps 70s and, you know, looking forward to their graves. He feels with compassion and he cries. He cries so much that people come and this happens at the prison. People come and ask him and he cannot respond to them. You know, out of this sense of compassion, he has he has tremendous compassion for all believers and all people that he wants them to come to faith, to save their hereafter, to save their eternal lives. Right? But at the same time, you know, once in a while you will hear this harsh language from him too. Now, this is a matter of the station of the speech, in, in what context and to whom the speech is being uh, made, right? And 
you know, he, and it is very he is very conscious of this. He actually has some uh, insights about this uh, elsewhere. Inshallah, when the time comes, we can read them too, right? At at this point, in this context, he is addressing his lower soul, and perhaps his intellect, who is inclined to to um, you know favor his lower soul. Right? When you, when you address the lower soul, your own lower soul, especially. You, you don't uh, try to uh, ingratiate the, the lower soul you need to be firm and sometimes you may need to be harsh too so that's what we see here this is a club descending on the heedless head you know the head the the, the intellect and the lower soul that are not listening to truth that are heedless to what is going on what actually is going on in the world and not taking the necessary lesson from what is going on well they need to be awoken if they don't wake up one day they will be woken up uh, but that will be too late they will be woken up by by death many people many many of us are in, in a state of heedlessness that's or torpor like it's as it's as if we are sleeping and death when the, when it comes it wakes us up but that's too late so we want to wake up before death comes you want to wake up before it's too late and therefore you know sometimes a club on the head is mercy bismillahirrahmanirrahim in the name of god the merciful the mercy giver what is the life of this world but an illusionary pleasure this is from uh, the quran chapter 3 verse 185 what is the life of this world but an illusionary pleasure a vainglorious pleasure a pleasure that misleads deceives and misleads that's not correct that is that's not actually pleasure right it is not it is not an asset it is not an asset but it deceives and we think of it as an asset ey gaflete dalıp ve bu hayatı tatlı görüp ve ahireti unutup dünyaya talip bedbaht nefsin oh my unfortunate lower lower soul that having plunged into heedlessness thought this world to be sweet and forgotten the hereafter demands the world so we see he is addressing the lower soul the nafs oh my unfortunate lower soul why unfortunate well it may be living a life that looks like pleasurable here in this world maybe you know it has attained some riches uh you know it's inherited some wealth or whatever right it's it appears to be it may appear to be happy but if it is heedless to the reality that is to come death and what comes after death it is unfortunate because because of its heedlessness here and now it will be tormented in the hereafter of course it's unfortunate oh my unfortunate lower soul that having plunged into heedlessness thought this world to be sweet so it's deceived it thinks the world is sweet and forgotten the hereafter that's the disaster and therefore having done all of this it it demands the world is the world to be demanded 
No, the world is not to be demanded. The world is to be utilized. The world is not an end in and of itself. The world, when used as a means to a higher end, then it's good, it's useful. But when it becomes an end in and of itself, then it is an illusionary pleasure that temporarily uh, you know, pleases you, but puts you in eternal uh, torment and punishment in the hereafter. Bilir misin neye benzersin? Deve kuşuna. Avcıyı görür, uçamıyor, başını kuma sokuyor. Ta avcı onu görmesin. Koca gövdesi dışarıda avcı görür. Yalnız o gözünü kum içinde kapamış görmez. Do you know, oh my lower soul, do you know what is the like of you? An ostrich. An ostrich. It's also called camel bird in Turkish and Arabic and in English too, It's but it's not as famous. Uh, ostrich. It sees the hunter. It cannot fly. It sticks its head in the sand so that the hunter will not see it. Its massive body is exposed outside. The hunter sees it. Yet having closed its eyes in the sand, it does not see anything. That is, you know, oh my lower soul, that is the like of you. You are like an ostrich who you know, sees the, uh, the, the hunter and the hunter is coming, is afraid of the hunter. Instead of running away or taking precautions, whatever you know, that precaution might be, it just sticks its head into the sand so it doesn't see and pretends that nothing exists of this danger that is imminent. Heedlessness. That is heedlessness. The appointed time. Death. It is the hunter. It is after each and every one of us. But we close, we close our eyes to that imminent destiny. And we keep moving around, going about. Uh, they have done a study actually, and this is, uh, they, they, they, they uh, you know, psychologically or, or uh, experimentally show that th our brains function in a way that when we associate something with death, we just shut off. We don't, we, we don't comment on it. We don't process it. That is how the lower soul works. But this is something that, that we need to overcome. You know, we are here to be tested. This is part of the test. We need to recognize reality as reality is. We cannot be like ostrich sticking our head into sand. Ey nefis, şu temsile bak, gör. Nasıl dünyaya hasrı nazar, aziz bir lezzeti elim bir eleme kalbeder. Oh, the lower soul, look at this representation. You know, the representation is coming. See how limiting your gaze to the world transforms a cherished delight into an agonizing pain. I.e. see how seeing the world and focusing on it and assuming it to be an end in end um, in and of itself assuming that there is nothing beyond this this is it you know elsewhere Ustad Nursi calls this uh, the nominative meaning and I think we talked about this about about that concept 
right? Looking at the world with its nominative meaning. Looking at the world, considering the world, valuing the world. Um, in a way that limits all that consideration and value to the physical object that the world is, matter and energy. Right? This transforms a cherished delight into an agonizing pain, i.e. there actually is delight in this life, but if you don't look at the world in the way that you should be looking properly, Right? And the, the appellation that Ustad Nursi will give to that proper look is the indicative meaning of, of things. The, the, the aspect of things in the creation that indicate their Lord. Right? When you do that, when you, when you realize reality as reality is, because the aspect of things that point to their Lord, point to God, is the true reality of those things. Right? When you recognize this, it's painful, it's, it's delightful, everything, all the pieces fall into place, and you don't experience, experience uh, pain, or at least you don't experience agonizing pain. You know, there may still be moments of forgetfulness and heedlessness, etc. So you may still experience some pain, but it doesn't last. The, the norm of your life, the underlining reality of your life, becomes delight how how we want to understand that mesela şu karyede yani barlada iki adam bulunur birisinin yüzde 99 ahbabı İstanbul'a gitmişler güzelce yaşıyorlar yalnız bir tek burada kalmış o dahi oraya gidecek bunun için şu adam İstanbul'a müştaktır orayı düşünür ahbaba kavuşmak ister ne vakit ona denilse oraya git sevinip gülerek gider İkinci adam ise yüzde 99 dostları buradan gitmişler. Bir kısmı mahvolmuşlar. Bir kısmı ne görür ne de görünür yerlere sokulmuşlar. Perişan olup gitmişler zanneder. Şu biçare adam ise bütün onlara bedel yalnız bir misafire ünsiyet edip teselli bulmak ister. Onunla o elim alamı firakı kapamak ister. So let's let's here the representation the story as we know Ustad Nursi tells these stories these parables to help us understand a concept that concept is is you know elevated and abstract perhaps difficult for us to grasp right away but there are concrete examples that we can easily grasp and then we can move from that concrete example that we have already grasped to that higher reality because we know that they work in the same way so we have we we establish a cognitive thinking pattern in our minds and then we use that pattern to understand that higher reality so first this story for instance assume there are two men in this village that is barla so Ustad Nursi wrote this when he was living in the uh, you know village of barla uh, which is a mountain village now a town but at that time it was a village a mountain village uh, in in in southwest anatolia assumed assume there are two men in this village 99 <clears throat> percent of the people that are beloved to the first one among the two men the first one have gone to istanbul they live a pleasant life there 
So think of this poor man. He has, you know, he has, let's say, 200 people that he loves. 198 of them, 99% of them have left Barla. And Barla is this distant village on the mountains. So, you know, once people leave, you don't have you don't have hope of seeing them again. They have left. They have left for good. They have gone to Istanbul. But he knows that they are in Istanbul and they are living a pleasant life there. He remains here alone on his own. He too will go there. Now that's the that's the important point here, right? He too will go there. He is here, left alone. All his all people that he have he loves have left, but he will go there too, he knows. Hence, this man is yearning for Istanbul. Now he knows that he will go there. There is no, you know, there, there isn't a second option. Staying here, going somewhere else, etc. They are not options. He knows that he will go there. All the people that he loves are there. So he wants to go join them. He is yearning for Istanbul. He thinks of it and wants to be reunited with his beloved ones. Upon being told, go there, he rejoices and goes with a smile on his face. We would like to be like that, right? I would like to be like that. İkinci adam ise yüzde doksan dokuz dostları buradan gitmişler. Okay, we already read the Turkish of this. As for the second man, 99% of his friends have left this place. So, did 99% of the friends of the first one leave this place? Yet, yes. But, we did not present it as them leaving this place. We presented it as them going to Istanbul. We know where they went. And we also know that we will go there too. So the destination is known. But for the second man, 99% of his friends have left this place. He doesn't know where they went. He presumes that some of them have perished altogether and some have been hidden away in places where they neither see nor are seen, that they have all disappeared in misery. So to find consolation, this helpless man wants to befriend one traveler who is here in, in this village instead of all those beloved ones who have left. He wants to cover up the agonizing pains of separation with him, with this one traveler that he wants to befriend here. He presumes that some of them have perished. So he loves them. He still loves them. That emotion, right? That attachment is still in his heart, but they disappeared. He doesn't know where they went. He thinks that some of them you know, really, really perished. Some of them perhaps went somewhere else, but he doesn't know where they are. And you know, this is all he knows. All life that he knows is is confined to this village. Life is what is in this village. Beyond this village, you know, nothing. It's all misery. They have all fallen into misery. So th there is this added pain now of not only losing them, but also knowing that they have perished and they are in misery. And of course, he wants to cover this up. He wants to, uh, you know, get rid of this pain. But he cannot. He cannot get rid of the pain. All he can do is to cover it up. And some, some medicines uh, treat, not cure, but treat the symptom of the, uh, the problem. Like when you have pain and whatever is causing the pain does not go away, but your senses are numb, so you don't feel the pain. 
like a painkiller right so it's like a painkiller he wants to figure out a, something as a painkiller so that he doesn't feel the pain any longer he looks around he finds one man one person who is beloved to him because 99 percent left right <laughs> there's one person left here even sometimes it, even that may have you know left so what is there to attach to whatever he wants he will attach to it perhaps perhaps the garden in the village right perhaps some other distraction he will try to befriend find friendship congeniality in that whatever is left there so that he you know he tries to cover up he won't be able to he will still feel the pain but he will perhaps live a life in which he can try to ignore it and push it behind the door he wants to cover up the agonizing pains of separation with him with this you know traveler that happens to be there a nefis Bashta Habibullah. Now we are moving on to the reality of this, this representation. I mean, it is clear. I'm assuming that everybody already understood, but the way Ustad Nursi articulates it is also beautiful. Ey nefis, Bashta Habibullah, bütün ahbabın kabrin öbür tarafındadırlar. Burada kalan bir iki tane ise onlar da gidiyorlar. Ölümden ürküp, kabirden korkup başını çevirme. Merdane kabre bak, dinle, ne talep eder. Erkekçesinde ölümün yüzüne gül, bak ne ister. Sakın gafil olup ikinci adama benzeme. All the lower soul. Again, we are addressing the lower soul. That's why you know, this is a club on the head, heedless head. We are trying to wake the lower soul up. And again, as we have mentioned many times, we should not listen to this as if we are reading a newspaper or listening to a novel or story or what, what not. We should listen to it as if it is an address to our lower soul. We should address our lower soul. When we say all the lower soul, we should mean, I should mean, the lower soul, all the lower soul. All your beloved ones, and you know, keep in mind, Ustad Nusi is writing this, uh, well, in his well, you know, 50s, He's in exile. He's in a place where you know none of his relatives are, none of his old friends are. Well, at some point in our lives, most of us will hit that point, unless we are the ones who depart for uh, Istanbul early on. All your beloved ones, beginning with the beloved of God. Now we also need to think about so who do we do we love? Who do we love? Umar radiallahu anh came to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and you know he he was um, rejoicing. He was filled with joy because he had noticed in his soul that he loved the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and that love is you know a, a delightful love. He loved the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he told him, "Oh Rasulullah, oh the Messenger of God." I love you more than anything but myself. <laughs> the Prophet said, Omar, no, it's it's it won't be complete. It's your your faith will not be complete until you love me more than yourself. Why? I mean, is is is the Prophet saying this because he's you know, prideful and vainglorious and you know egoistic you know hasha god you know, god forbid 
That is the reality. What does our self want? Your um, your you know, worst enemy, your most uh, antagonistic enemy is your lower soul that is between your two sides. But we love it. That is, you know, built in. That, that's hardwired into our existence. We love ourselves. We want to preserve ourselves. That is the thing that we all love the most at some level. But it wants our perdition. It it it is heedless. It doesn't get it. It thinks that this is the be all and all. It desires whatever it sees at the moment and it lives in the moment it doesn't see the future therefore it's dangerous for us it is our enemy in, a, in another sense right the Prophet وسلم, on the other hand is trying to save us who is more deserving worthy of love the one who is trying to save us who is trying to bring us to our real purpose, who is trying to remind us about our slavehood to the Lord of the realms, the one who is trying to open our path and push us <laughs> into paradise and save us from the edge of the pit of hellfire, or the nafs, the lower soul, who is trying to take us to that into that pit. Of course, he is more deserving of our love. This is reality. But we need to check ourselves. If, is, is he the one that we, we love most? If not, we need to you know, revise our priorities, our attachments. Who next? Well, all the NBA, all the other prophets. The companions of the Prophet وسلم, through whom we learn the religion and to whom we owe our faith, our, our religion, our Islam, our chance, inshallah, to, uh, to, to receive God's mercy and end up in paradise. Who next? The ones that follow them. The righteous. Those who, who are beloved to God. You know, we love for God and we hate for God. So when we say the beloved ones, we don't only think about our you know, relatives, family members, friends. They are included, of course included, especially those who are believers. They are included because they have rights upon us, even if they are not believers. They are included, right? But... When we say 99%, we should not think, oh, I'm young, I, you know, 99% of my beloved ones are still alive. I, I, you know, I don't need to think about this. If the, when the time comes to think about it, I will think about it. No. If we have our priorities in the right place, 99% or perhaps more of our beloved ones are all in Istanbul. I mean, in, in the hereafter, in, in the intermediate realm. All your beloved ones, oh, the lower soul, all your beloved ones, beginning with the beloved of God, are on the other side of the grave. 
if there are one or two who are left here, they too are departing. Do not turn your head away, fearing death and being scared of the grave. That's not going to change the existence, the, the presence of death in grave. Don't turn your head away. Face reality. Fearing death and being scared of the grave should not, should not prevent you from facing reality. Look at the grave bravely. Listen. What does it demand? Look at the brave. Look at the grave bravely. Be brave. Being a scared cat is not going to change what is to come. Be brave and listen. What does it demand? Yes, it is a tremendous affair. But it is when you know what it demands and take the necessary precautions to fulfill that demand, to, to, to meet that demand, that you will be safe. Turning away won't make you safe. Smile at death's face in a manly manner. Look, what does it want? By all means, do not be headless and resemble the second man. Do not be an ostrich. Don't stick your head into the sand and think, or not even think, just, just block it, sh shut it off. Don't do that. It won't go away. It is here, and it is here to stay. It is going to catch up with you. Sooner or later, it is going to catch up with you, and it will demand what it demands from you. Prepare. What it demands. A nefsim. Oh my lower soul. Oh my lower soul. Deme. Zaman değişmiş. Asır başkalaşmış. Herkes dünyaya dalmış. Hayata perestiş eder. Derdime ayşetle sarhoştur. Çünkü ölüm değişmiyor. Firak bekaya kalp olup başkalaşmıyor. Aczi beşeri, fakr insani değişmiyor, ziyadeleşiyor. Beşer yolculuğu kesilmiyor, sürat peyda ediyor. Oh, the lower soul, do not say, the times have changed. This is a different century, this is a different age. Everybody have plunged into the world. They worship life and are drunk with the worries of livelihood. That, that doesn't justify doing the same. If everybody you know, jumps off the cliff, are you going to jump off the cliff? Do not say the times have changed. This is a different century. Don't say it. Don't say everybody have plunged into the world. Don't say they worship life and are drunk with the worries of livelihood. Because death does not change. They went to the moon. Let them go to the moon. They, they sent uh, exploration gadgets to, to Mars. Let them send it. They are diving to the depths of the oceans. Let them dive. They are buying and selling and accumulating treasures and wealth and they have this you know, good life. Let them have it. I mean, you may have it too, of course. You also go to the moon. You also go to Mars. Go to the sun. Go wherever you can. You know, 
explore these are the blessings of your lord these are the creation of your lord explore more of the arts of your lord and see that art and appreciate and show gratitude in return etc yes go but but don't let this to make don't let this make you drunk don't get drunk with the worries of livelihood because no matter how much they worship life and get drunk with the worries of livelihood death will catch up with them there is no solution there will be no solution to death they may delay it you know the life expectancy is higher today than it was a century before or you know 20 years before whatever maybe people are living 20 years extra now but sooner or later death catches up death does not change the reality of death does not change separation does not transform turning into everlastingness either you die and are separated from the things that you love or they die and they separate and they they leave you depart from you it may be your beloved ones human beings it may be your you know the, the car that you love it gets old and starts to rust separation does not transform turning into everlastingness now there is a way to turn things into you know everlasting blessings but you know the way to to to achieve that to acquire that is not by worshiping life the impotence of the humankind and human poverty are not changing they are increasing impotence of the humankind human impotence human poverty what are they maybe talked about this too before right but the human beings are the, the, the poorest of creatures the poorest of anything in the in the creation among all created beings the human beings are the poorest why because the measure of one's poverty is the is, is one's needs the more you need and don't have the poorer you are if you need only a cup of water and nothing else and you have a cup of water you are rich if you need a cup of water and nothing else and you have half a cup of water yeah, you are still doing okay if you need uh, a house a car two investment properties and a vacation house and a full uh, cellar and a refrigerator that is filled with ice cream and uh, fruit juice and etc etc etc etc etc and all you have is a 10 year old card and a rented apartment and you have a refrigerator in which you have food for three days but not a cellar that is filled with food and if you feel the need for all those things that we listed you are poor human beings are the poorest because anything that they can think of or imagine can turn into a need for human beings whereas this is not the case for the cow or the bird or the tree or the flower or the butterfly they all have fixed needs the human beings on the other hand their needs are not fixed they can need anything they can anything that they can think or imagine can turn into a need yet on the other hand they do not have the means to achieve any of what they need anything they don't have the means to achieve anything that they need because well imagine yourself i mean 
we will grant you yourself because even that is not something that you can achieve on your own but we will grant that to you imagine yourself floating in space in a in in, in a void nothing you are not surrounded by anything you are in a void and you're hungry go get food you are thirsty go get water you need air find air you need company find company but where are you going to get any of that we are all in a void though out of his mercy our lord fills our our voids with all sorts of blessings that that we need and want but on our own we are not able to achieve any of that we are not able to to lift our finger on our own I mean, I'm sure we went through this before but it is worth doing again lift your arm and now think you know take your right arm put it on your laps and then lift it and now think whether you did it or not so what what is needed for your right arm to be lifted there are muscles well, there are nerves that need to send various messages to various parts of this thing that's called an arm and there are muscles that need to contract and flex and extend in, in various ways to work in unison to to to raise to lift your arm and did you control any of that do you even know how many muscles you have in your arm do you even know where the veins are you know going through and which muscle is connected to which bone and which bone is connected to which joint etc you don't even know what is there how can you have control over it yet you thought of you you made an inclination in your mind you you you made a choice in your mind to lift your arm and all of a sudden right that inclination turned into some signals in your brain and then travel through your spine and the nervous system reach the arm etc well for those muscles to uh, contract and flex and extend they need nutrition all of this is happening by burning nutrition they need oxygen where is that coming from do you have control over your lungs to take the oxygen separate oxygen from the air and send the rest out and keep the oxygen and send, uh, you know mix it into the bloodstream and do you have control over that bloodstream or your heart to send the blood to your muscles on your arm do you have control over uh, over the digestion of the food that you have put in your stomach beyond you know beyond your tongue beyond your mouth do you know what happens once it passes through your through your throat none of that none of that we, you you have no control on any of that then how can you claim to be lifting your arm it is all by by your lord's grace or my lower soul it is all by your lord's grace you owe everything to him and without him you are in absolute poverty and you are in absolute impotence and that is not changing it is increasing why is it increasing well one thing is you know I'm getting older we are getting older and as we get older we need more support from outside but another thing to consider here is uh, you know life is getting more and more complex and things that people did not even know of think of imagine of are turning into needs we all need cell phones now 
and not only cell phones we all need digital cell phones that have screens that can serve as um, you know, entertainment gadgets uh, for, for, for work uh, conversing with friends uh, messaging communicating for the alarm clock and you know following the new news and etc etc who needed a cell phone 30 years from 30 years ago who needed to follow the news 250 years ago who needed to um who needed who needed an suv to drive their kids to school I mean, this is very American, of course. <laughs> Who needed an SUV to drive their kids to school, uh, you know, 60 years ago? Who needed AC in their house 300 years ago? Who needed, who needed, who needed? Who needed a food distribution system, a nationwide or actually global food distribution system 500 years ago? The more we advance in technology and industry and you know marketing and production, the more modern we become, the more we are needy. Yet, once again, it is all by our Lord's grace. We cannot achieve any of that if He did not will, if He did not will all of this into existence for a second, nothing would happen. Everything would cease to exist. He is the one who is blessing us with all of this and without him our impotence the measure of which is our poverty and our poverty the measure of which is our needs are all increasing the humankind's journey is not coming to a stop it is gaining speed and that journey is you know acceleration of time and shrinking of space this is one of the definitions of modernity right but in another respect it is gaining speed toward the final destination toward the day of destruction toward the day of judgment it is coming close it is close right the time has come close and the moon has split the moon split 140 1, something years ago and there God tells us the time is close and of course this is by his standards by the standards of his knowledge and his will from my individual point of view 1400 years is quite a long time but from the point of view of his knowledge you know that sees knows all the way to whenever humanity started whenever the physical realm started to the end you know, it's it's very short it's like the blink of an eye but the other aspect other aspect of this that we need to think about is if 1400 years ago it was deemed to be closed what can it be deemed to to what can we deem it to be now close it is around the corner the end of the humankind's journey is around the corner it is catching up with us
And even if that was not the case, the end of the that each of ours, each one of our individual journeys, they are around the corner. I do not know. I'm sitting in my office in front of a screen talking to a microphone. I do not know that I'm going to take one more breath after this one. Alhamdulillah. Now I'm taking another one. God graced me with another breath. He did not have to. He could have decided not to let me take another breath. This could have been my end. This could have been your end. Oh, my lower soul. Oh, the lower soul. Oh, our lower souls. Come on, listen. Heed this. Take lesson from this. This is no joke. This is no joke. Hem deme. Ben de herkes gibiyim. Çünkü herkes sana kabir kapısına kadar arkadaşlık eder. Herkesle musibetle beraber olmak demek olan teselli ise kabrin öbür tarafında pek esassızdır. Furthermore, do not say, I am like everybody else. Now this is, these are all tricks of Satan that the lower soul falls into and then keeps repeating. I am like everybody else. Look, you know, everybody else, they, uh, they, they, they, you know, they don't pray. You know, I have, I have 50 friends at school, you know, at work. I have, you know, 50, 53 friends that I deem to be close. I sat down and listed my friends and I have 53 friends. And out of those 53, you know how many pray? Only two pray. 51 of my friends don't pray. I'm just making this up, of course. And so, so what? Is that your measure? Is your friends who are all destined for hellfire, you know, may God protect, may, may all of our friends find guidance and end up in paradise, and may we have uh, each other's company in, in the presence of our Lord gazing upon his countenance together in the company of the Prophet But if they're not praying, well, the chances are that they are heading for, for the pit of hellfire. So because they don't pray, are, are you going to take that as the measure, as a justification for your you not praying? Don't say, I'm like everybody else. You know, in, I'm, I'm coming from Turkey. Um, and Turkey had horrible times in the 20th century. Went through really uh, difficult, uh, agonizing, rock and hard places. Women were told that they had to take their headscarves off they had to expose their hair God tells them to cover it the, the women were told that they had to expose it and they were even presented with all sorts of justification to suggest that actually covering the hair was not of the religion there was a lot of deception may God forgive them all those who were deceived of course may God forgive them all many were deceived but one of the justifications that was suggested at this time was that look around like nobody is covering their head. How can I do it? You know, peer pressure is a real thing. And if that peer pressure is institutionalized at the national level to an extent that not following it, you know, not, not falling to the trap of it is uh, punished, penalized, of course it becomes more difficult. But even then, don't say don't say, I am like everybody else. Even then, 
because this is not the situation for most of us right? most of us are surrounded with comfortable uh, you know circumstances and of course I cannot speak for everybody but many of us most of us still I will say most of us are living in circumstances in which we are able to practice our religion we are able to be heedful cognizant of of our Lord and his blessings on us right but even then we look around we see people uh, you know supposedly on the face of it living comfortable lives and enjoying their lives etc etc right and we, we can be tempted this I mean, Satan certainly comes and says this to us and our lower soul can fall into that trap and it can also start to to to I mean, poke us you know they're all doing it why not you you should also do it see they, they are doing nothing happen see they are they are uh, putting their money in the bank and taking interest and therefore their money is not losing its value so why should, should you not do it everybody is doing it that everybody does it does not justify anything do not say i'm like everybody else because everybody accompanies you up to the gates of the grave when you die right i mean everybody of course here is metaphorical you know some some will accompany you up to the gate, gates of the grave and then will they stay there you know will they you know sit next to you when the angels are questioning and you know whisper the answers to your uh, to your ears w will they try to talk with the angels and try to convince them to be softer on you they will take you to grave they would they will put you in that pit they will throw some soil on you if you are lucky for some of us who live in non-muslim lands perhaps even that is a luxury may god take care of our dead bodies but for some of us that may even be a luxury but but let's assume you know do the better they will accompany you to the gates of the grave but so what the consolation of being together with everybody else being on the same boat with everybody else in a calamity being with everybody else in a calamity sharing a calamity because this is a calamity right not heeding not heeding the uh the the message of your lord not following his commands not falling into love with him not being cognizant of his blessings on you and on everything else being heedless to the manifestations of his beauty majesty and perfection that is a calamity the consolation of being together with everybody else in a calamity means nothing nothing it has no meaning no foundation that that the consolation has no foundation beyond the grave it's only until the grave once you hit the grave well too late they will all go back home and continue to continue to live their lives hem kendini başıboş zannetme now let's repeat the um these like first all oh, the lower soul do not say the times have changed 
do not say i am like everybody else and now do not presume yourself to be free without any obligations hem kendini başıboş zannetme zira şu misafirhaneyi dünyada nazarı hikmetle baksan hiçbir şey nizamsız gayesiz göremezsin nasıl sen nizamsız gayesiz kalabilirsin zelzele gibi vakalar olan şu hadisat-ı kevniye tesadüf oyuncağı değiller Mesela zemine nebatat ve hayvanat envandan giydirilen birbiri üstünde, birbiri içinde gayet muntazam ve gayet münakkaş gömlekler, baştan aşağıya kadar gayelerle, hikmetlerle müzeyyen, mücehhez olduklarını gördüğün ve gayet ali gayeler içinde kemale intizamla meczub mevlevi gibi devredip döndürmesini bildiğin halde Nasıl oluyor ki küreyi arzın beni Adem'den bahusuz ehli imandan beğenmediği bir kısım etvarı gafletin sıkleti maneviyesinden omuz silkmeye benzeyen zelzele gibi mevtalud hadisatı hayatiyesini bir mülhidin neşrettiği gibi gayesiz tesadüfi zannederek bütün musibet zedelerin elim zayiatlarını bedelsi sebaen mensur görüp gösterip müthiş bir yese atarlar. Nasıl oluyor? Nasıl olur da yaparlar onu? Hem büyük bir hata, hem büyük bir zulüm ederler. Belki öyle hadiseler bir hakimi rahimin emriyle ehli imanın fani malını sadaka hükmüne çevirip ibka etmektir ve küfran nimetten gelen günahlara kefarettir. Haşiye İzmir'in zelzelesi münasebetiyle yazılmıştır. Now this is a long paragraph or sentence, uh, but now we can focus on the English inshallah. At some point there will be a side note. Uh, this This text was written in relation to or in consideration of an earthquake. There was an earthquake that happened in Izmir uh, or Smyrna is another uh, name it is known as uh, in English. Uh, Smyrna is the old Greek name, Izmir is the modern Turkish name, right? On the uh, Aegean Sea, by the Aegean Sea, it's a famous city, right? There was an earthquake there. And as Ustad Nursi was writing this, he had that in mind. Furthermore, do not presume yourself to be free without any obligations. For if you look from the viewpoint of wisdom, you will not see anything left without order or purpose in this guest house of the world. Right? Do not look at things you know, just as things, but think about the wisdom in them, how things are interacting, how one thing is serving another, how everything is purposeful what is the purpose then of all of this or anything in this can anything here be purposeless do not presume yourself to be free without any obligations you have a purpose if you have a purpose you have obligations for if you look from the viewpoint of wisdom you will not see anything left without order or purpose in this guest house of the world the world is a guest house We come here, spend a few days, we pass on, we, we move on. How can you be left without order or purpose? While everything has purpose, how can you be left without purpose or order? Especially while you, you know, appear to be the most developed, most advanced thing in this creation. These events of the universe, such as the earthquake, are not playthings of coincidence. You cannot leave anything to coincidence. You cannot chance upon chance in this creation. You cannot chance upon coincidence in this creation, in this world. For example, 
while you see that the utmostly orderly and utterly embroidered shirts from the vegetal and animal species that are donned on the earth are adorned and equipped with purposes and wisdoms from head to toe so you know just take a moment and think about this how everything helps one another how everything relies on one another how everything leads to something else and how there is this perfect order and ecosystem in which everything works in a cycle supporting each other right in the animal and uh, you know vegetal and animal kingdoms on this earth which are beautifying its face like an outfit put on the you know like an output foot put on the body of the earth right plants animals it is like an outfit put on the body of the earth the beautiful colored colorful fish uh, in tropical waters they are like an embroidery on the face of the earth a, a moving a living embroidery right so while you see that the utmostly orderly and utterly embroidered shirts from the vegetal and animal species that are donned on the earth are adorned and equipped with purposes and wisdoms from head to toe there is nothing that is without a purpose and wisdom and beauty and while you know that the earth is whirling and revolving like an ecstatic maulawi dervish and i suppose uh, you know, everybody listening to this podcast will know about it's like maulawi is the uh the the um uh, adherence of the maulawi sufi order in uh you know centered in konya in turkey whose founder or the founder of which is maulana jalalatin rumi you know famous rumi is the founder of this order and one of the uh rituals that this uh, that this um, Sufi order has is whirling and you may have seen pictures of this like with broad white uh, wide uh, skirts whirling around oneself the with one hand pointing up right hand pointing up to the heavens and the left hand pointing down to earth meaning receiving grace and blessings from the Lord and distributing it to the earth to to earthly creatures Right? So the earth itself is whirling and revolving like an ecstatic Maulawi dervish in perfect orderliness with, with utmostly high purposes. How is it? So you, you see this purposefulness everywhere. How is it then that they they do not, you know, we don't do it, but they do it. And we are t having a hard time understanding. How is it that they throw the agonizing losses of all those who are struck by calamity into dreadful despair by so dreadful calamity like earthquake hits and many people have you know losses right when you say well this is from god people you know are, are taken aback well if it is not from god where is it from is it futile all these people lost their lives all their property did it go to nothing there were innocent ones among them so the innocent ones is just just lost disappeared no what i'm saying is it is from god and god is merciful generous and and just he is not going to let anything go you know go go for nothing he's not going to leave anything to be futile he is going to he is going to uh, reward them he is going to pay them he is going to compensate them 
for their losses but how is it that they throw the agonizing losses of all those who are struck by calamity into dreadful despair by showing them as a godless person published apparently at that time somebody wrote in a newspaper something about this to be scattered into futility right their their uh, losses being scattered into futility without recompense by presuming that by presuming the death-tainted lifeful events of the globe of the earth death-tainted lifeful events of the globe of the earth yeah there's earthquake or there's a storm right it, it rains so hard that you know th there was damage but that damage opens up space for new life to grow there was a fire the forest burned you know when human beings are involved in it goes to excess and it is not within the ecosystem but when when things like this happen within the ecosystem it's always an opportunity right it is tainted by death but death opens up room for life so how can you then presume the death tainted lifeful events of the globe of the earth such as the earthquake which is as if it is shaking off itself the metaphysical weight so there's weight there is this metaphysical weight on it and it's shaking it off right which is as if it is shaking of itself the metaphysical weight which which it does not like of some of the heedless behaviors and attitudes of the children of adam and especially of the believers especially of the believers so this is important especially of the believers why well if earthquake hits a community of believers it's going to cleanse them it's going to purify them and those who move on to the hereafter inshallah will move on having being uh, having been purified to at least some of their sins so their chances in the hereafter is better but if it is non-believers if it's not believers that's not the case their punishment their atonement if there's atonement of course there's no atonement for some of the sins but if there is any atonement right if there is any um, you know punishment it's not here it's in the hereafter for the believers there can be punishment here and that can uh, take off the burden off of their shoulders in the hereafter right so especially of the believers how is it possible that to be purposeless how can they throw how can how can they throw the losses of those uh, calamitous stricken innocent ones into into futility by deeming it to be purposeless and coincidental this was a long sentence and i had to explicate as i went so i'm going to read from the beginning without stopping inshallah that should make it more clear for example while you see that the utmost orderly and utterly embroidered shirts from the vegetal and animal species that are donned on the earth are adorned and equipped with purposes and wisdoms from head to toe and while you know that the earth is whirling and revolving like an ecstatic maulawi dervish in perfect orderliness with utmostly high purposes how is it that they throw the agonizing losses of all those who are struck by calamity into dreadful despair by showing them as a godless person published to be scattered into futility without recompense by presuming the death-tainted lifeful events of the globe of the earth such as the earthquake which is as if it is shaking of itself 
the metaphysical weight which it does not like of some of the heedless behaviors and attitudes of the children of, uh, children of Adam and especially of the believers to be purposeless and coincidental how can it be coincidental how can anything be coincidental while everything appears to be so purposeful they are making a big mistake they are making a big mistake they are they are erring big time and perpetrating great oppression in fact under the command of an all-wise mercy giver in fact under the command of an all-wise mercy giver such events are to give everlastingness to the temporal property of the people of belief the believers by rendering it their losses charity in effect and they are what they are experiencing atonement for the sins that they, that relate to the denial of blessings the sins that relate to the denying denial of blessings this this you know if god has mercy on us he is going to send us trouble sicknesses uh, losses material losses spiritual losses sadness construction in our hearts he's going to you know send all of these things to us if he loves us for atonement when therefore when we when we are struck by some calamity you know one morning we wake up and there is this this pain in our knee and we go to the doctor and it turns out that we have been putting pressure on this knee for 20 years and there is some maybe fracture or tear and, and you know we, and then we keep moving on and and you know we have the pain for you know three months until it is healed or maybe the rest of our lives we are you know we are now limping and we have pain etc etc well yes it's painful but if that pain is taking away a much greater much more agonizing pain in the hereafter and earning you paradise paradise a paradise a thousand years of happy life in this world is not worth an hour of life in there then then so what so what we are grateful and their atonement for the sins that relate to the denial of blessings unfortunately we fall into it we cannot appreciate the blessings of our lord on us and sometimes sometimes although we do not intentionally deny them we fail short of before we fall short of recognizing them and therefore appreciating them and sometimes we actually do deny them the moment we assume that you know i earned this salary and therefore i purchased this food with the salary that i earned and therefore it's on my table in my plate and therefore i eat it as my as as you know my property and forget that it is our lord it is the lord of the realms who made it possible for us at the first place to to supposedly earn that money and it is he who owns everything including ourselves 
he he owns me and he owns the blessing that's in my plate and i start eating it with in with his name saying bismillah as i eat i think about the blessing in it and once once i have eaten i say thank you my lord i'm grateful to you for this blessing that you have bestowed upon me honestly i don't deserve it i have not been true to my covenant but you are merciful and and you know you have not struck me with lightning yet alhamdulillah but when we do, don't do it we, we we are in a sense in a state of denial but he out of his love and mercy still averts that that bigger punishment from us by smaller ones nasıl ki bir gün gelecek şu musahhar zemin yüzünün zineti olan asar beşeriyeyi şirk alu şükürsüz görüp çirkin bulur halıkın emriyle büyük bir zelzele ile bütün yüzünü siler temizler Allah'ın emriyle ehli şirki cehenneme döker ehli şükre haydi cennete buyurun der so in the previous paragraph we talked about how you know, individual calamities like an earthquake or even personal ones right they all have purposes right this is in the way this is in the way that there will come a day this subjugated earth will see the works of the humankind which adorn its face to be tainted with polytheism and devoid of gratitude altogether nobody will be left here saying Allah worshiping God so will the earth still want to carry us on its shoulders with a command of the Creator it wipes and cleans all of its face with a massive earthquake the day of destruction with God's command it pours the people of polytheism into hell and it tells the people of gratitude go ahead enter paradise so this is how Stadnos is imagining the day of judgment what the earth is a conscious being right the earth has a an angel an entrusted angel that represents it so this is the earth's position it doesn't like the polytheists to be walking on it it doesn't like it that uh, you know that the the ingratitude occupy it you know we know from the hadith that one mountain calls on the other mountain in the evening has any believer passed by you chanced upon you has anybody mentioned God's name by you or on you and that mountain says yes there was this believer who who chanced upon he passed by me and mentioned God's name and this one says that's great you're lucky right all these beings that surround us the walls of the houses apartments that we live in the clothing that we cover ourselves with and and protect ourselves from heat and sunlight etc the rocks the pebbles the earth that we walk on especially the, the trees the flowers the plants the birds that surround us and beautify our lives they're all looking looking forward to hearing from us 
the remembrances of our Lord. Because as the most cherished and honored member of the creation who is gifted with with gifts with bestowals like consciousness like intellect like imagination like understanding like a heart and like choice we are in a position to present the glorifications and remembrances of everything in the creation to our lord as a deputy that's an aspect of our vicegerency in this world so the earth also prefers that those who walk on it are believers and they are remembering god and when it sees that you know nobody is doing that perhaps it will start to beg god oh oh god this is really heavy on me please take this load off of me so with god's command it pours the people of polytheism into hell and it tells the people of gratitude go ahead enter paradise inshallah may we be among those who hear the call to enter paradise may god tell us right go ahead enter among my slaves enter my gardens my paradise i mean i mean may, may that be the case may this club on the head wake us up may we make peace with death look at its face with a smile on our face bravely manly and womanly and prepare what we need past the grave may we do it subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma 'allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhir da'wahum an alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin al fatiha as-salawat allahumma